Michael Vannin, and welcome to Second Breakfast Discussing Middle-Earth. Last episode, we discussed the dwarves in all their glory, their creation, the seven clans, their rises and falls, and the happenings of Durin's folk during the Third Age. So go back and take a listen if the dwarves and their history interest you. I also touched on some of the changes that the Hobbit movies made to the Third Age history of Durin's folk. This episode, I chose to discuss a topic that may be very important to the new Amazon series. But even if you don't care about that upcoming series, I've always found this topic fascinating and influential to Middle-earth. It's the Kingdom of Numenor and its fall. We all know of the Dúnedain thanks to Aragorn, but not all of us know that the Dúnedain descended from a race of men called the Númenóreans. So who were these men? Well. Before the Numenorians were the race of men called the Edain. These men came from the east of Middle-earth to Beleriand in the First Age. The Edain were friendly with the elves, often forging alliances against Morgoth. However, they forged more than just alliances together. There were a few elf-man marriages in the First Age, and when an elf and a man join, the elf loses their immortality, taking upon themselves what is called the Gift of Man. One marriage was the man Baron and the elf Luthien. They bore a son named Dior, and Dior then married Nimloth, an elf from Doriath. Dior and Nimloth had a daughter named Elwing. Now, another marriage took place between the man Tuor and the elf Idril, and they had a son named Erendil. So we have Elwing, a daughter of both man and elf, as well as Erendil, a direct son of a man and an elf. Erendil meets Elwing, they fall in love, and eventually they have two sons, Elrond and Elros. But before we move on from Erendil and Elwing, they eventually venture to Valinor, and Erendil pleads with the lord of the Valar, Manwë, to aid the peoples of Middle-earth against Morgoth. Manwë answers his plea, and also offers Erendil and Elwing and all their half-elven offspring the choice of which race they would belong. Erendil and Elwing both choose Elfkind, but as I said, this choice was also given to Elros and Elrond as well. As we know, Elrond chose Elfkind. However, his brother Elros chose to be counted among men, and though he made that choice, his lifespan was greatly increased beyond that of mere mortal men. Their decisions came at the end of the First Age. Manwë's herald and Maiar named Eonwë came to Elros and those Edain who were faithful, and gave them wisdom, power, but most importantly, gave them their own land, since the land of Beleriand was drowned under the sea at the conclusion of the First Age. The land was called Númenor, and it was raised up by the Maiar Ose, in the sea between Middle-earth and Amon, where Valinor is located. The Star of Arendil guided the Edain there, Elros was now king and more accurately named Elros Tarminyatur. He and the other Edain blessed by Aeonwë were now called the Numenorians. Numenor was shaped like a five-pointed star and bore a mountain in the middle called Meneltarma. Their capital city was Armenelos the Golden, the city of kings. And at that time, Meneltarma was used as a temple to worship Eru Iluvatar. The Numenorians made this their kingdom and prospered, though some did leave for Middle-earth throughout the Second Age, creating small settlements there. 
However, they only sailed east to Middle-earth, because they were forbidden by the Valar to sail to Amman, where men were not permitted. This was to be called the Ban of the Valar. For all their growth, the Numenorians began to grow prideful and resent the Ban. Their settlements in Middle-earth became part of their empire and grew mighty. Yet, there were still some Numenorians who remained loyal to the Valar, and they were named the Faithful. It was around this time in the Second Age, around the year 1600, when Sauron worked his plans regarding the crafting of the Rings of Power, and of course deceived them with his one Master Ring, which sparked the War of Elves and Sauron. Numenor took notice of this and decided to aid the Elves against Sauron, aiding the elves of Linden in the northwest of Middle-earth. This sparked another big migration to Middle-earth, specifically the northwest, but also south to what would be Gondor. Their main settlement was a city called Umbar, but now they had made enemies of Sauron. 1500 years after these events, now around the year 3200 of the Second Age, the current king of Numenor, Ar-Pharazon, who himself wanted to rule Middle-earth, sailed to Middle-earth with a vast host to combat Sauron. The might of the Numenorians was so great that Sauron actually surrendered to them. Yet, he is named the Deceiver for many reasons, this being one of them. Sauron did not want to attempt war with such a large army and risk defeat, but he also saw the Numenorians' pride, and thus their weakness. Therefore, he came forth in a fair form, surrendered, and was willingly taken back to Numenor by Ar-Pharazin with plans to corrupt the Numenorians from within. Ar-Pharazin took Sauron back to Numenor as a hostage, but it did not take long for Sauron to deceive them, playing on their pride, and he went from a hostage to one of their most revered advisors. He began poisoning them through religion, away from Eru and towards Melkor, he lied to them saying Melkor had the power to save them from death and grant them immortality. The Numenorians listened. They even erected a temple for Melkor to worship him in his ways, even practicing human sacrifice to him. The white tree Nimloth the Fair was also cut down as a sacrifice, though one of the Numenorians named Isildur saved a sapling of the tree, for it was said that Nimloth's fate was intertwined with the fate of the kings. Finally, at the culmination of this treachery, Sauron convinced Ar-Pharazin and the Numenorians to wage war against the Valar and to sail at once to Amman. The Numenorian fleet was massive and sailed to the west, but Sauron remained behind. The Numenorians landed in Amman, and that's when Manwe brought this to the god Eru Iluvatar, and he took action. First, he buried the invading Numenorians under hills and stones, imprisoning them in what would be called the Caves of the Forgotten. Next, Eru drowned Numenor back into the sea, and all who were left on it, including Sauron, whose physical body was destroyed, and he could never again take a fair form. However, Eru spared the faithful, those who never listened to Sauron's deceptions, nor ever worshipped Melkor. He had warned them of the fall, and they set sail to Middle-earth before Numenor's doom. Lastly, Eru reshaped the world, turning it from flat to round, and taking Amon out of the spheres of Arda so that only elven ships could find their way to Valinor. While Sauron's spirit fled back to Middle-earth to attempt his rise to power once again, 
The faithful landed in Middle-earth, establishing the realms of Arnor in the north and Gondor in the south. The king at this time was Elendil. He and his son Isildur established these kingdoms, at that point both ruled by the High King Elendil. However, some of the corrupted Numenorians had made their way to Middle-earth before Numenor's eventual fall, and they were called the Black Numenorians. They were mainly located in Umbar. Three of the Nazgul were Black Numenorians, as was the Mouth of Sauron. But now the Numenorians are involved in the histories of Arnor and Gondor, and are outside the scope of this episode. If you go back, you can find the episode I made of the Kingdom of Arnor, and you can hear what happens to the Numenorians when they land in Arnor, and of their wars with the Witch King of Angmar, to their diminishing and their fall to where the Dúnedain come. I have yet to do an episode on the history of Gondor, though. The story of Numenor is one of the three main plot points of the Second Age. We have the forging of the Rings of Power, we have the rise and fall of Numenor, and we have the War of the Last Alliance. Numenor, sharing similarities to Atlantis, is one of my favorite places in Arda. It's hard to say why though. I think it's because the story of Numenor is crafted much like tales and mythologies. Lots of involvement with deities, a great kingdom coming to ruin, but a hope still remains. I said that this was important to the Amazon series coming up because we know that the series is taking place in the Second Age and they also showed us their working map of Middle-earth that included Numenor. So we don't know if Numenor is actually going to be the main focus of this show, but it can be safely assumed that there will have at least some mention of Numenor and the Numenorians in it. Next week on Second Breakfast, we will discuss the Hobbits. Everything from their origins to their quirks, traditions, the Shire, and everything in between. I think it'll be a nice break from some of the darker and more ominous tales of Middle-earth. Farewell. <laughs>